Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm so glad you chose to join us. I think we're in for a very powerful episode. I Just a hunch, time will tell. The topic tonight is A Journey with Matthew. Do you like how I pronounce that so well? And it's a book that was recently written by our guest tonight, Lynn Cochran Murphy. Um, this is this has got some some curious uh, as attributes to it. We're going to bring Lynn on in just a minute, but I just wanted to take a, a moment and talk about some of the paradigms that are going to be unfolding in the very near future. Now, on a galactic scale, near future can be centuries, but I mean in this lifetime, in your lifetime. Um, very powerful paradigms are going to be unraveling in, within people's personas. And and perhaps that's you if you're listening to the show. There's, uh, there's this notion that um, um, there's a god, a big god or a big goddess, um, that's going to save our ass or bring uh, uh, heaven to earth or um, a lot of the the story, the parables, if you will, of our mythology suggests that the future is hinged around some external being or deity and it's uh, all the marbles aren't in our hands. There's this external force that has sway in what's going to happen. And the, the, the last step of embodying the divine in human form in flesh and bones is personal sovereignty, personal dominion, if you will. It's God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's done unto you as you believe. Um, th- these hint at kind of the end game of creation, Consciousness in and of itself seeks expansion by its very nature. And this is a very root or fundamental attribute of consciousness. There's not uh, an an end frame to the movie before the credits roll. It's an eternal unfolding of potential. It's an eternal manifestation of desire. God and goddess as as the the big G's will not push any desires upon us. There's no master plan somewhere that if all the pieces get in put into place the master plan is fulfilled. It it can't be that way because there's always another moment and in that moment consciousness seeks expansion. So when you um, fully embody your sovereignty, your dominion, the, the, the Christ consciousness, the source consciousness in you is the most divine thing on the planet that has a desire. Think about that. The big God, the big goddess, I'm not calling her fat, the, the, the big deities do not want to push anything on us ever. 
So they don't have a desire for us except our own desires. So for in order for us to fulfill heaven on earth is to totally, completely embody and fulfill and manifest the divine inspiration, the divine desires that pop up in our own personas. And and so it's not going to be an allegiance to any god, any any uh, administration, whether it be it spiritual or otherwise. Nobody's going to come from outer space and have more dominion on planet Earth than the flesh and bones that have been living here. So own 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 your path without concern or worry. As as the last steps for you to fully embody the divine idea of who you are. Now I got to be careful here because I'm getting all wrapped up and passionate, and I love doing that. But we got a show to do. <laughs> um, I'm I'm so delighted to have Lynn back on the show. She's an intuitive consultant specializing in creating change for spiritual people in career, prosperity, relationships, and health conditions so they can embrace an expanding sense of self and possibility. The The topic of the show tonight is the title of her latest book, A Journey with Matthew. It's her first fictional work, and it's a story of an ordinary young man, Daniel, who serves miraculous moments with his friend Matthew's life and wants in his own, uh, and wants that in his own life. Um, I think we should just jump into the show because it'll be best to hear from Lynn herself. And when you read the book, you'll know all about it. Join me in welcoming Lynn to the show. Lynn, we meet again. Welcome to the show. Hi, Les. Thank you. It's so good to be here again. It's so good to have you here. So you wrote you wrote fiction. What? Because uh, you've written a couple other books. You've written um, Living Hope: Steps to Leaving Suffering Behind and Unfolding the Mystery of Self. We are never alone. Um, now. I reserve the right to be wrong. I'm not. I don't think those are fiction. This. So this is a new tangent right. for you. What brought you right. to the dark side of writing? I, I mean, the fiction <laughs> side. You know, I write um, by going deep within and then letting it flow from me, and so I don't guide it and I don't um, edit it while I'm writing. I just want to be in the flow and then after a while I look down and see what I'm writing so the first book Living Living Hope was really about my own path, my healing um, the progression from a traumatic dysfunctional childhood to becoming my own person and healing and then becoming a healer and the second book is really about um, unfolding the mystery of self is about self-discovery and discovering the gifts that come with the spiritual life and putting myself out there and being honest about who I am. So I wrote about everything from visions to healing work to 
my relationship with Jesus and with Babaji, things like that. So that was that was a big step for me because it was being really honest about a spiritual being that I am that um, most people don't you know don't know. It's, family had a clue; they knew more than I thought. But it was really putting myself out there. This book, when I stopped typing and looked at what I was writing and saw that it was fiction, I was surprised. But I've been told that I can put up, I have within me eight books, and here we have the the third. So A Journey with Matthew is book one, Awakening, and it's the first in a four-book series. And then after that, you know, who knows what's coming. I, I I only know, you know, six months in advance, it seems, or maybe a year in advance, if I'm lucky. So this is a very sweet story. It's two very young men who um, grew up together in ancient times. They're friends, and they go on what Daniel thinks is an adventure. So he's thinking lions, tigers, and bears, you know, it's going to be exciting. And really what happens is he discovers that his friend Matthew has a lot of gifts, a lot of knowing, awareness, ability to heal. And he starts asking questions. And like, how do you, how is it that you knew to be there at that time for, to intervene in that situation? So Matthew offers suggestions and guidance, and they use other words, but it's what we would call today meditation, going within, being silent, so that we can hear our higher guidance, so that we can be in touch with that wisest part of ourselves. The other really cool thing that happens with Daniel is that he realizes that what he was taught as a young man in his religious upbringing is something that is really shallow and not very useful or real. And so he questions all that, and then he gets in touch with the divine. And that's when he starts changing himself. And it has his moments of awe and inspiration. And then a little side note to the book is um, Daniel meets what he considers the most beautiful woman and is really stricken by her. And so there's a little romance in there, too. You put a little zing in it. I like that. Well, (laughs) you were talking talking about him uh, weighing um, uh, what he had been taught as, I think you used the word, shallow, and then he's he's coming into this this new paradigm. It's uh, um, it, it's kind of a metaphor for I think what we're all kind of going through. We're seeing so much upheaval yes. in the social media and the collective consciousness, where this yes. old paradigm they've been peddling uh, seems to be cracking at the seams and and uh, not being able to sustain itself. So it um, it it really feels like a metaphor of the transformation we're going through yeah. kind of in our own life, in this own uh, um, experience that we're living out today. So how timely. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I, I like what you said about writing, too, is because um, 
I took a writing class a long time ago before I knew I was going to be a writer, and uh, a business had sent me there to write proposals or some crap like that. And uh, they said, turn off the monitor. If you're going to, if you're going to write a book, turn the yes. monitor off and, and just belt it out. Don't have yes. your editing mind on. Create a flow of conversation. Create a flow of dialogue. And then later, when the coffee wears off or, or when the coffee kicks in, go back and and put on the editing brain and take the sure. seven Zs out of the word triumphant and, you know, and 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 the, something happens when you just uh, kind of engage the flow of it, if you will, when you create mm-hmm. a book. Mm-hmm. Well, what a... What a what a curious way to convey such uh, such a powerful message. It kind of reminds me of the alchemist, uh, where you're you're using a, a parable really to um, convey uh, spiritual I- ideas or uh, concepts. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought too. Is that was like a parable or an allegory for the awakening process. And, of course, I didn't realize that until I was writing it and um, then stopped to to read and and said, holy cow, I'm familiar with this. This is what this is what we're going through. The and even back in my first book, Living Hope, I talk about questioning, question what you've been taught, question what your family told you, because what was true in the 50s and the 70s? even the 90s, may not be relevant anymore. And when um, I mentioned that that Daniel was taught in his religion what seemed pretty shallow, it was that, you know, he just swallowed what he was told. Uh, that's what you do kind of in obedience, and it's unquestioning. And today I think that we're well beyond that. We have the right to question. We have our own inner voice that guides us. So we're to go there and get our guidance. And you know, you, anyone can seek out teachers. There are so many wise people around to go to or classes to take or workshops and so on, books to read. At the same time, we have to run it through our own truth filter. Is this right for me? And this is what we see Daniel do and and it's because it's what we're to do. Don't accept things unquestioningly. Well, that's what keeps us authentic, isn't it? I mean, if if I drink somebody else's Kool-Aid and I and it doesn't, if I uh, concede myself, in other words, I take the the principles of their teachings above my own instincts and intuition. Well, then I'm no longer authentic, and I'm, it doesn't matter if I just left a religion. I'm I'm entering a new one that's not congruent with myself. I mean, I, it seems like in the end game, it's a relationship with self, and there's nothing external, including yes. a religion or organization that that validates or whatever. It's all an inside game. And I I see the religions because I've studied uh, many most all of the religions, um, they have guideposts for us or they have 
you know, like the eight, no, wait, four noble truths. Um, they have guidance. It's valuable. But living by someone else's rules about do you eat pork or do you eat meat at all, you got to go with your own truth. And we have it. It takes the questioning I was talking about, but also self-examination and getting to know yourself. And maybe that's why I wrote the second book, The Unfolding Your Mis- the Mystery of Self, is, you know, we get to know ourselves, and then there's more. And then there's more. It's deeper and deeper. I think the the other thing that I want to say, though, in this time period, maybe this will be in that next book, that it's a shedding, a shedding of the old teachings, a shedding of even our family's values, unless they're, you know, in the realm of possibilities of what's great for us, shedding old wounds. I've been doing a lot of healing work with people lately, and um, even within groups when I'm teaching classes, doing healing work with the group, there's so much to release. But when we do, we have that spaciousness inside, that big open light that we are inside, unburdened. And that's what we want to see. That's part of the awakening. That's what we want to see come out because the purer we get by releasing all the old, then we are that light, that divine light that you were talking about. And we are the great manifestors and creators of this world. But let's not create what we already had. Let's do it different. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Well, um, you've been on our show before, and you've Mm -hmm. shared with us quite a a journey yourself. I mean, um, uh, people can kind of look at their past and say, but, oh, my, look at this, look at that. It's like standing in the back of a boat pointing at the wake that the boat has made, looking at the past. Ah. The boat used to be there, and and they're pointing at the wake going, oh, my God, look at the tragedy that happened to me back then. And Mm -hmm. look at that big wake over there. That was train wreck number three in my life. Mm -hmm. You've really gone through the ringer in your life, and yet here you are. You're such a vibrant, open, cognizant persona that is um, really honing your own personal um, understanding of all that is. I mean, mm-hmm. your journey in and of itself is is a powerful story, and now mm-hmm. you're writing these powerful parables. Um, how how has your life transformed? I mean, uh, I, what I'm curious about is is looking at your past up to this moment. How do you how do you look at that momentum as it progresses into the future? Do you see five years out, ten years out, or five months out? You know, a year out. Mm. You know, it's exciting how fast things are changing post 2012. I really like this, and yet it's so much unfamiliar territory that I used to know who I was and where I was going. I was going to be a special ed teacher. Okay, now I'm going to be a principal. Oh, I'm going to be a university professor. It was really clear, and it's not like that anymore. All the karma is done. Um, Those things that I came in to do in my life, like teach school, um, are complete. 
And then it was like, what would you like to do? And that's when I felt more of Archangel Gabriel and that message or Archangel Raphael and the, the healer in me developing. So I get to make a difference in a whole different way than before. I think it looks like three more books in the in the Matthew series. I think it looks like speaking more, um, traveling to speak more. And I, the classes that I'm teaching are changing. I used to teach, well, I still teach Theta Healing, but it used to be teaching somebody else's stuff. And my connection and my stuff has gotten... Um, established enough within me that I can I teach my own stuff. So each of these books I've done classes on, and the unfolding the mystery of self, that class that goes with it is online. It's on my webpage, the lynncockrummurphy.com webpage, and you can go there and just you know purchase it and and do the class. The current one on Journey with Matthew is called Journey to Awakening. I'm teaching it in Phoenix, Arizona right now. And then it will I will offer it as a webinar starting March 20th for five sessions. So there's that. And then there's the um I'm doing a retreat May 20th, my first retreat, and then I'm going to go into a mastermind, do a mastermind, because there's so much, and it's so rich, and people want the healing, and I'm, like I said, I'm doing that with the groups in the classes, not just one-on-one, and they want the message. People are inspired. Their hearts are opening. Their their issues are melting away, and I don't think a lot of them know really where they're going or what they're getting from it. They just know that they feel loved, they feel special and important, and they want more. So that's what that's more the fu- the present and the future end. You refer to the past and that Living Hope book where I do talk about all the awful stuff that happened up to age 25. Um, has helped a lot of people because I am very honest about the brutality of what I experienced. And, um, you know, there are a lot of people who've experienced similar, maybe not quite as much, but abuse, neglect. And in my case, the, the house burned down when I was two and everybody died but me. So, not everybody's had the same tragedies, but because sure, yeah. of the amount of dysfunction in families, people have grown up with alcoholism and physical abuse and so on. So it really speaks to pe- people in that position and and helps them. And it has resources and suggestions and, and cool tools in it, too. So, But I had to do a lot of work. All the things that I talk about are tools that I've used. Because I couldn't stay in the pain. Sure. And now, you know, I'm coming to see myself as um, more than I ever thought that I was. And I hope that doesn't sound immodest. But just that the, these light beings that we are, you know, i am come to know a little bit about that. And it's a hugely different identity than the wounded child that, that I was at 25. 
Oh sure. Well, yeah. uh, I mean, your your story is is uh, profound, and um, I, I I think that our souls uh, um, chose sometimes the uh, the big train wrecks to make sure that we woke up, and and mm-hmm. I think there's some. Uh, there's some component of having some skin in the game. If if we were raised in with a silver spoon in our mouth and we never had any want or desire unfulfilled, who the hell could we talk to about wanting and desiring in a in a because humanity's got um I mean there's still quite a bit of uh uh, karmic momentum in the collective for sure and and there's still some uh, tsunamis coming but um it, it i think we're entering a time when um the moment you decide i understand the the reason and the purpose of my life and you let go of any sense of blame or shame mm-hmm. or guilt or whatever that um, I think we're going to see legions, just legions of sages and mystics and alchemists that come out of the everyday yeah. rank and file by yeah. the droves. And it won't be a man at a pulpit or a woman at a pulpit ever that holds the the keys or the 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 final say in our human story. It'll it'll spread out like a honeycomb. And it'll be through the hearts of, of men and women all over the planet that decide mm-hmm. the the evolution of our human consciousness. So, and I think you you personify that so well, kind of the the phoenix of of a human individual coming into such a such a strong and difficult um, life path, and yet here you are talking about these. Um, really high caliber um spiritual principles so um you're the personification of it so i'm mm. that's why i'm so delighted to have this episode with you mm. thank you that's so kind to say that it's a it's a wondrous time to be part of and i've gotten comfortable or well more comfortable with not knowing exactly where i'm going but willing to step into it and know that, you know, hey, I created this life, so it's going to be great. <laughs> no, go with it. Let's right. see what That's comes. Right. You have some say in the in, in the game, right? And I, I I think the more chaotic the storm gets, and we are certainly in these probably in the next decade or three, in a very uh, 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 chaotic um, transformation. That it serves spirit in um, how do I how do I so we have this higher self we have this soul that can see out in time you know six months mm-hmm. out a year out five years out ten out at the at the potentials of this moment and and so we're going through this chaos and it's it's everything in the physical realm is flopping around like a fish in a fry pan sure if is. our egos go out 20 years and drive in a stake in the ground, we're actually collapsing. We're collapsing our ability 
to re, uh, repurpose, um, reschedule, rethink, reintend from moment to moment to moment as the chaos continues. I think the more chaos there is, the less there's these 20 and 30 year absolute um, mm-hmm. projection, if you will, if that makes sense. I also think that the um, that the chaos feels okay because it is what it is, and I'm not in a position to change that right now. But my inner world is peaceful, and my home is a sanctuary for me and my husband. So the world can be in chaos until it changes, but I really appreciate the fact that I think because of my spiritual practices, the internal part is like calm. It's in the zone. It's okay. Yeah. Well, all that other stuff falls in the the category of things I cannot control. Well, the truth of you is untouchable by human intention. So in in truth, you're safe no matter what. And, yeah. and you've been able you've been able to embody that and, and your ego believes it and so you have mm-hmm. peace within the tsunami. I I'm no sproctologist, but I think uh heaven was intended to be experienced every day of the journey. Heaven Oh, I heaven love is, that. Mm-hmm. It, it's the, it's the, it's seen through the eyes of unconditional love uh, uh-huh. to embody, to have no thought contrary. You can walk through the the storm with with unconditional love, and you'll see the divinity of all that is, and the profane becomes sacred, and and you weep tears of joy. I mean, really, it's. Um, the idea that heaven's down the road and take a left is is a crock. You know, several of the things you've said tonight made me think of the um, the Buddhist studies I did, uh, particularly when I was like seventeen to twenty five, and that that because the Buddhist group that I hung out with taught that um, to when you start chanting and really getting into your sp- that kind of a spiritual practice that often a lot of karma, a lot of crud will come up right away. And I notice I'm doing a kundalini yoga now, and, and they say that too. So it gets really big and in your face for a little while, and it clears out. And that's like, um, you know, the dog who just got a bath and he just shakes all that that water <laughs> off. And, awesome. you know, so there's that version of what we're doing. But the Buddhists also taught that heaven and earth are conditions of mind on earth. So you right. can, yeah, and I notice it when I'm meditating sometimes. I'll be like, oh, bliss, oh, my God, this is this is incredible. Uh, my cat just clawed me because she wants me to pet her and not be sitting here still, and that hurt, now I'm annoyed. So it's like <laughs> heaven and hell, bam, 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 all these different feelings and moods and thoughts go by, and... Um, yeah, it's it's not out there. It's just all in here. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's but it is. Yes, it is, and yes, and did I mention yes? But also, the <laughs> the the impulse 
the desire of our heart and our soul, not so much our ego, but the desire of our heart and our soul is divinity itself desiring manifestation. Yes. It, it, it's like Divine Mother, Divine Father are in bed having a smoke after the best whoopee they've ever had, and they're like, damn, that was good. And and in that bliss, they think, well, what else is possible? And Divine Mother yeah. reaches into the all that is and imagines the entire universe and says, what the hell, let's try that. And poof, here mm-hmm. we are. The, the expansion of consciousness is is an inevitable consequence of any state of consciousness. It's the the bliss feels great and and I don't want to discount that whatsoever. But it's it's an unfolding it seems to me of kind of an in and an out and an in and an out and an in and out like the breathing of our or the cycle of day and night or whatever. Mhm. Well, you were describing love earlier, being in that state of love as you walk through the tsunami. And I think that we've had a few role models like that, just a few, over the centuries. And that is what is developing in us now, is the capacity for love. And as I was talking about before, releasing all those wounds and obstacles and irrational beliefs, as we remove all of that, then our true self comes forth, and it is love and light. And so we can be in the midst of chaos and feel safe and feel peaceful and trusting that it's all going to work itself out. I don't have to run the whole show. I just wish to continue to create my world as the beautiful thing that I would like that has a ripple effect into other people's lives so they, too, can have what they desire. I think, though, as you were talking about, oh, we were talking about creating, that most people are at the very beginning of that message that we are creating our future, that our thoughts and our actions, our intention Um, our practices, they are all part of it. They're important. I think that Abraham Hicks and her her work has helped a lot with or their work has helped a lot with that. But we have have a ways to go. Sure. Well, it's... New paradigm. It's it's the darkness. I mean, I, I could... I could take that from a couple of different slants. I suggest this lifetime now, not the not the next time. It, um, it's the most powerful. And what do I mean by powerful? So let's just daydream for a second that everybody on Earth is Jesus. We're all glowing orbs of unconditional love. Well, there's uh-huh. nothing to heal. There's nothing to overcome. There's nothing well, to true. And so so if we back up a century or three and we look at the iguana shit we created in human suffering on the planet, I mean, just brutal, brutal pain and suffering at the hand of one human being to another, 
we created the most differential, the farthest span of differential. And in, in uh, I don't want to get off on a tangent too much, but the farther that differential is, the more opportunity for power to be embodied exists. And so for you to be a Jesus in, on a planet that is so far into the darkness, the difference of potential, the difference of consciousness is raw power. So when you can embody unconditional love without effort and Mm -hmm. be in the presence of the suffering without effort, the power of the purity of your persona, and I said power because that gives you an opportunity to be the vehicle of transformation through the presence of unconditional love in human form. It won't happen from some deity coming down from the sky. It's just that's not the paradigm. It's going to be you got to have, you need flesh and bones. You have to have flesh and bones to affect the collective consciousness. The big guys have a hands-off policy. Something you said earlier made me think about when I was was told that um, the second coming isn't a, a deity appearing. It's the Christ consciousness arising within each of us. It's the awakening process or the enlightenment process within each of us. And that was so exciting, rather than someone else coming and being the gift to all of us, which is a, you know could be a great thing, but to know that I can rise and grow into wisdom, into any degree of the love that Christ had for humanity. Wow, it, the potential, the excitement in that. It's like, yeah, I want that <laughs> yes. life. Sure. Well, you're living it. Do you see yourself? Do you see yourself? Look at what you're doing. You're the vehicle already. I mean, this. The, your latest book is it's it, the vibrationally it's just delightful. It, it's got a uh, a very clean um, message, and yet it's it's uh, playful and and um, th- that's kind of the embodiment of of the truth. Be- um, seriousness isn't the end game. It's like pl- the playfulness of a child. And and mm-hmm. you're embodying it. You're the vehicle of it. Don't think it's going to come later because you're it now. I'll be darned. Um, yeah, I don't know that I always see myself accurately. Uh, still throwing away some of the old impressions that were pressed upon me. But I do know that um, my students and clients see me as loving kindness and that when I'm with them, I've never said this to them, but when I'm with them, I feel like I'm in love with them. And when I speak on um, my Facebook group, the uh, Awakening Healers Circle, that I end all my messages with, I love you. And and when I first said that, I'm like, that was bold, but that's how I feel, even if I can't see their faces. Yeah, that's That's the energy of what I feel. Mm -hmm. Yes. That, uh, that how simple can it be? That's it, I mean, mm-hmm. and and just OD on it. You know, it's it's like strip down and dive in and don't look back. 
And so it just naturally arises. How sweet is that? You know, don't have to earn it. Don't have to work for it. Kind of like get out of your own way and it arises. <laughs> yes, that's right. It's it's yeah. inherent to the truth of who you are. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and love, love wants you to enjoy, to immerse in, I mean, one of the highest vibrational emotions there are is excitement and joy and passion. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so just those are, when you, when you embody those, you know your steps, your thoughts, your choices and actions are congruent with the divine idea of you. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, I think I want to say that, you know, as, as Daniel in the story went through kind of a ho-hum, this is my role that my family gave me and that's my role and so on, and that he moved from that to life's life's good. He's like 19 years old. To moments of awe, moments of experiencing the divine, so that he's like, oh, I have to have more. That life is way different than I thought. And I think that that's that's a lot how I feel that um, life was really torturous when I was younger. And how wonderful to be able to really feel joy now and to I I mean it makes me laugh because I really wasn't familiar with it one of the stories I tell sometimes is when it it's been almost 30 years but I was driving my convertible in Scottsdale Arizona and the sun was shining and I had the music cranked up and I was so happy and you know what my reaction to that was? Oh, my oh. God. Oh, I was studying psychology. Oh, my God, I must be bipolar because I was <laughs> used to being unhappy and depressed. Sure. And here I was for the first time, really, you know, full joy in life. And and that's where I live most of the time. I don't get depressed anymore. So, um, Or if I do, it's a couple of hours. So... Um, yeah, all that hard work paid off, and I wanted to mention that because a lot of people are still suffering. They're suffering sure. because their family is suffering or because they saw something awful or they watched the news. Um, and that our spiritual practices and the work that we do, the healing work that that we do, it pays off, and life is good. Yeah. I think you get a resiliency. Um, it's not really—I don't know if that's the right word—but um, it it becomes effortless, or um, there's a sense of grace and ease behind uh-huh. it, and uh-huh. such a place of comfort. So, well, I mean, boy, howdy! What a what a what an interesting story you have with your life path and with the books that you've written. And um, I'm, I'm really delighted to see this first fiction book out, A Journey with Matthew, uh, book one, Awakening. It's, uh, I mean, what a what a transformation of consciousness that, that you embody. And, and that's really the the... Kind of the theme of this this whole awakening in our human story. How, so, how do you see the collective? How do you see 
do you see signs in, um, in the in the human paradigm we're living now of a transformation of the collective consciousness? Yes, and sometimes I think it's slow, that it's real gradual, and that there is uh, the residual of the past. I went to the grocery store today, and the guy in the car next to me in the parking lot had his windows open, and someone pulled behind him and made him mad. And he yelled the effing, you know, and called him an A this, and then he was like the F word again. And I could just feel his rage. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> there are people that are still you know, putting out that kind of energy, stuck in that energy. And so that is still in the collective consciousness. And yet at the same time, I'm very assured that we're on this brilliant path. And if I can do it, anyone can do it. You know, my ego is not such that I'm that special. I'm, I may be different, <laughs> but I'm not that special. And it, anyone can have this if you're willing to persevere you know if you're willing to question try new things study yeah all that it takes uh, yeah i i agree i i look at my life path and i'm like good god if i can figure this out i i probably took the slowest hardest you know uh, most difficult path i could find for myself and somehow or another um, I made it through to the point where I am now, and I'm constantly mm-hmm. evolving. So it's, uh, mm-hmm. I think we all make it at some point uh, through our uh, the timeless nature of our soul, but um, mm-hmm. I, I think there's some acceleration that can come from it when your intention gets clear and, and yes. you, you yes. get focused about it. Well, and that's why people are doing things like watching less of the news, um, maybe people who who used to, to smoke dope recreationally maybe don't anymore because they're purifying and they're simplifying and they're living um, a different code for themselves. So I, I know there's a lot of things that I've released out of my life that sure. um, it served me at one time and sure don't now. And I, I don't, you know, it's not like I'm a nun, you know. It's, I still go to the movies and, and whatever, but but there was a lot to release. Why not? You know, if scary yeah. movies scare the snot out of me and then I have nightmares, I'm not going to watch them. Right, yeah, yeah. Well, I, sometimes I'll, I'll start watching the show and five minutes into it, I'm like, this is iguana crap. I don't need to watch this. Yeah. I mean, no, the title is right. good and the... So, well, we've got about eight or ten minutes left. I wanna, I wanna shine some light on you and your platform because I know not only writing books, but you work with people and um, you're you're expanding the role you're playing in this. Um, can you tell us the all the different uh, modalities you have with working with people in groups? Mm. Mm-hmm. You mean like healing modalities? Yeah. Or that would be part of the all the modalities, yes. Yeah. So yes, healing and the other modalities. Okay. All right. I um I do readings. I do healing work. My primary method is theta healing. I'm trained in more than that, but that's my favorite. Um so I do readings, I do channeling. 
when it's appropriate, not all the time anymore. And I teach both Theta Healing and um, the material that's coming out of these books. So I'm sharing the awakening process and the healing of the old, like in Living Hope, that book. I really want to be a part of anyone who sincerely wants change and um, is ready to ask for help. You know, I'm right there. I'm right there with them. Boy, a friend of mine called me and said that not only is she having heart problems, but she's having trouble keeping the power and the lights on in her house. And, you know, I'm going over to see her next week and do some healing work with her because it doesn't have to be that way. She's a brilliant woman. She has a doctorate. She works with um, with people with addictions who've been out of prison. I mean, she's gifted. So it's my turn to go over and, and work with her. So those are some of the things that I do. My books are on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and a couple of other places. I think what's tricky is that my last name is hyphenated. So my last name is Cockrum, C-O-C-K-R-U-M, and then hyphen Murphy, M-U-R-P-H-Y. So, like, if you go to my website to see all the classes and offerings there, you can also purchase the books through the website. Um, you're going to look for Lynn, L-Y-N-N-E, Cockrum, hyphen, Murphy, dot com. And the other place that you can find me is on Facebook. I have um, my business page is Desert Jewel Institute, or you can connect with me as Lynn Cocker Murphy. And then you can ask to join the Facebook group that I started, Awakening Healer Circle. And that is just for, it's just about inspiration for those of us that are on this journey so that I can um, share that, let people know what I'm doing, you know, when there's a class coming up. But because we all need that encouragement and that inspiration, especially, you know, as we go through stuff and life comes up and and it's challenging. So let's see. Journey to Awakening is the class that I'm doing March 20th um, online in webinars. And trying to think of, oh, and then I have the retreat in May and a mastermind coming up. And people can join in at, you know, with, what on whichever thing sounds right to them. I think that that covers it. I like it. You're you're a busy person. <laughs> you know what we should say is that a journey with Matthew, the spelling of Matthew is the ancient oh God, spelling. Yeah. yeah, it's spelled M A T I T Y A H U. And people look at that and they don't know how to pronounce it, but it's it's Matthew, so don't let that one. confuse you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. And if you go to the bookstore and have them look it up, uh, explain to them the the spelling's not uh, what you would think for Matthew. So right, right. Be open to alternative spelling. So, so I'm gonna. I mean, if I'm listening to the show and I'm a listener and I've got symptom X Y Z, I mean. What kind? What kind of uh, clients 
I mean, if if oh. I'm listening to the show and I've and I have some symptom, kind of mm-hmm. give us a, a a snapshot of the types of symptoms or um, dis, uh, difficulties um, that people have that they might not think okay. that a healing would have an impact on or some oh. of your other modalities. Okay. The theta healing works with physical, emotional, spiritual, and mental, so all areas. I've had people come to me for healings with their eyes, uh, with cancer, with depression, with anxiety, um, with back problems. So if, if that's the case, you, know, you need to know there's probably going to take more than one session when, when you're that ill. Um, some things happen miraculously and immediately, and other things take more time. It has to do with our, in part with our belief systems, but maybe also with our karma. So when I work with a person, I do a body scan. So I look in the body and let it give me information about the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. And then I present what I found and let the client decide what they want to address. But people come in, too, about, you know, well, I'm not happy in my marriage, or um, I really want to quit this job and move on, and I keep getting interviews, but I can't get the job. How do we change that? So all kinds of good stuff. And change occurs. It, it's amazing to me how people will come, come back, like, three months later and go, oh, yeah, I quit that job. I work over here now. Life's good. <laughs> like, all right, it worked. They moved on. Right. Very nice. So do do you have to work with people in person, or uh, can you work oh. through the Internet or phone? Yes. Yeah, thank you. That was a good question. Um, yeah, we can work in person, but absolutely. We used to work through Skype. Now it's more through Zoom, and or even just the telephone like this. You know, I can bilocate. I can be present with you and see where you're at and you know because we're not really separate it just looks right. like we are <laughs> so yeah well, we, we do that itch i have on my head it's not my itch i see how that works okay <laughs> right. now you're messing with me <laughs> all right so uh we just got a few minutes left so um give us some some closing thoughts of 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 your own. I'm not going to even seed it anyway. Just share some closing thoughts with us. Okay. You know, I heard Neil Donald Walsh speak recently, and he said something about living as the wave and that we look like individuals. And the analogy that he gave was that you look like a wave in the ocean, but you know that you're part of the ocean, just that right now you look like a wave. And I think that's how we are. Right now, I look like an individual named Lynn, and you look like Les, but we're really just part of the same ocean. We're the same light, we're the same love, and we're we're beginning to realize it. That feels wonderful in my heart. Well, very nice. Well, Lynn, um, as always, it's a delight and a pleasure to have you on the show. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. 
and thank you, Les, for being you and having this show. I appreciate it. Appreciate you. We've been talking with Lynn Cockrum Murphy, and the topic tonight has been the title of her new book, A Journey with Matthew. It's uh, it's such an exciting time to be alive. I know it, um, not everybody would agree with that sentence. I know a lot of people are are have anxiety and and concern and worry, but really, this kind of paradigm, this kind of epic story, is is exceptional in our human history, in our human mythology, and you're here living it. You're here walking the journey of the transformation of a planet. The consciousness of the entire planet is shifting in a very powerful and profound way, and you're here on this earth. That tells me a few things about you, you. You're a powerful soul. There's a lot of souls that looked at this paradigm and said, not only no, but hell no, I ain't going down there. And and uh, here you are. Your soul chose a brave and courageous paradigm for you in this life. I, you're, if you can teach your ego how to hone in inward to the inspiration of your heart and your soul and not be afraid when your heart has a passionate powerful motive and steps forth with um, uh, such a powerful influence if you can teach your ego not to cringe or worry or panic and let your heart fly unbridled with a passionate expression that it yearns to desire holy cow you can live the most exceptional life story that you could ever imagine and I think that's kind of why our souls chose for us to come down here. And uh, and here we are living it out now. I, we've had hundreds of episodes on the show of people who have transformed their life from train wrecks to, to nirvana, if you will. No matter where you are on the journey, rest assured you will fulfill the journey back to heaven, the heaven within you. It's inevitable. There's no other outcome. It's in you now. Enlightenment is not a creation, but it's a discovery. The the consciousness of enlightenment has always been present in your personal energy persona. So there's there's nothing that get, can get in between you and your truth. You're safe. No matter how crazy the circus goes, you're safe. No matter what happens in this human paradigm, you're safe. So don't fret or worry about the the end game or whatever. You're you're in the clear already. And the sooner you can realize that, the sooner you can kind of shake off the fret and worry and, and really hone in to the desires of your heart and your soul and then engage them with intention and focus. Wow, what a powerful paradigm. Hey, you know, it's my pleasure bringing you episodes like this. It's my it's my sheer pleasure and joy to facilitate these kinds of interactions and conversations. Lynn was such a great guest tonight. I'm your host, Les Jensen. 
I'm so delighted you chose to spend this time with us. Thanks for listening. Until next time. This has been a New Human Living radio broadcast. You can raise your own personal power with Personal Power Fundamentals Home Study Course at NewHumanLiving.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.